Welcome back, JD. So um, now we'll talk about the NBA. So um, let's first talk about the progress of the Lakers Celtics season. So so far the Lakers have been playing really well so far, but now without LeBron, without LeBron, and then the Celtics on the other hand. Describe and tell me about where they are as a team, and uh, are they going to be a team that's going to be good down the stretch after the All Star break? Yeah, I feel like. My answer today may be different than if you asked me yesterday, just because of the way last night shook out against Miami with the Celtics having their biggest loss of the season in terms of point difference and Marcus Morris and Jalen Brown shoving each other on the sidelines and stuff like that just coming out pretty flat in that game. Some of it can be chalked up to a scheduling loss. They It is a back-to-back game, third game in four nights for them. So it is a game you saw them probably losing to an inferior team in the Miami Heat, just not a game like this but overall I think the Celtics are pretty close to being back to what we expected they've been the best team in basketball since Thanksgiving pretty much especially offensive efficiency defensive efficiency I think they're ranked like seventh or something Gordon Hayward finally seems to have turned a corner and is playing more aggressive even if some days the shots aren't falling he's not going to score 35 every night like he did in the Minnesota game last week but He's become a consistent contributor off the bench. Uh, You have Jason Tatum bouncing back a little bit. Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart have been great in the starting lineup. Morris has developed into a pretty elite shooter, and Smart has improved his three-point shot a ton. Kyrie Irving is phenomenal, as always. The big struggle with this team is is just finding the, the minutes for everybody, and it's weird saying this for an NBA title contender, But at the trade deadline, they're probably not looking to add. They're probably looking to subtract because you already have way too many NBA caliber starters on your team. And I know depth is a big deal, but and you can never have enough depth and enough talent. But right now, it seems like the Celtics almost have too much of it at this point with finding minutes for everybody. We've talked about in the past. These guys were kings of the world last year, some of them, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier playing 25, 30 minutes in the playoffs and playing really well, now getting their minutes cut with Kyrie and Gordon coming back. And you do see it with the Celtics. They they play at their best when they're not fully healthy, which is a strange thing to say. When Kyrie is out, they've won 20 of their last 23 home games. And you saw how they did last year without Gordon and without Kyrie for most of the time. And the the problem is that Gordon and Kyrie don't seem to be the problems. It just seems to be when everybody's together, there's just too much talent to go around. Yeah, absolutely, with the Celtics team. And also, um, I think the te- I think who they're building around for the Celtics, if you look at their season progress, is building around Jason Tatum, who I believe is going to be the face of the Celtics franchise in the future. Yes, absolutely. He's certainly exceeded all expectations. He's a great shooter. You saw what he did last season in the postseason, going just about toe-to-toe with LeBron in some of those games and being the star that led this Celtics team to within inches of going to the NBA Finals last year and really turned himself into a star. You look, he's only 20 years old, and I think they would like to build around him and Jalen Brown specifically, but Jason Tatum just seems to be more of the sure bet. Brown has definitely regressed a little bit this season. Yeah, Jalen Brown is kind of okay, but I see the Celtics building around more to Jason Tatum because Tatum's going to be an all-star for the Celtics. He wants to be like that next Paul Pierce kind of guy on the Celtics. And um, 
I'll also be keeping in touch with you when the Lakers play the Celtics because I'm looking forward to seeing when LeBron faces Kyrie. Hopefully, LeBron will come back then. Um, But the Lakers are now learning to win games without LeBron now from what I've seen out of them. They beat the Mavs pretty good. And then Kyle Kuzma had a career game against the Detroit Pistons with 41 points. And then today... He will be playing in Utah where he played his college ball. But I kind of think Kyle Kuzma is going to have a 50-point game when he plays against the Pistons again in in Detroit where he grew up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and from the Lakers' perspective, even if I know they've been doing well without LeBron, at at this point without him, you're just looking to keep your head above water till he gets back. And they've done well enough opening up a two-game lead or I'll say they're the eighth seed, but opening up a two-game lead over the ninth seed. So establishing a little bit more comfortable of a margin for this Western Conference that's so smushed together. But you're starting to see these these top eight in the West really separate themselves from the pack. The Grizzlies and the Timberwolves and the Pelicans have all fallen off a little bit, along with the Kings, where the Spurs have surged a little bit. The Rockets certainly have, and you get other teams up top like the Nuggets and the Clippers really starting to to consistently play well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then um, I wanted to get your take on, like, was it the right thing for the Timberwolves to fire a former Celtic coach, Tom Thibodeau? And also, how in the world would the Knicks even beat the Lakers, even if the Knicks are without Christoph Porzingis? So let's start off with the situation. On Did you think the Timberwolves made the right choice in firing Tom Thibodeau? I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I think it's it was right for them, but this is really the last without Thibodeau now. This is the last chance this young core has. And I know it's tough to say because it's it's really early in their young careers, especially with Wiggins and with Towns. But it feels like it's the last chance. They've already gone through so much. They haven't meshed with Jimmy Butler. They haven't meshed with Tom Thibodeau. And Butler and Thibodeau are very similar type of guys. They're very driven, competitive, hard-nosed players. And I don't know Towns and Wiggins, but it just doesn't feel like they are as motivated as as a guy like Butler. And that's what pushed Butler out. You hear them just goofing off and playing video games and listening to music and everything. And Butler's out there grinding. And not saying Towns and Wiggins are in the wrong, but it just doesn't feel like the the Jimmy Butler and the Tom Thibodeau situations are all that different. They got rid of a guy who didn't mesh with this young core, and they're trying everything they can now, and it's really time for Wiggins and Towns to step up. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the Timberwolves, whenever they're, they get their new head coach, I kind of think the Timberwolves should hire former Clipper, former Celtic, and former player Sam Cassell to be their next head coach because I think he'd be a fit for that young core team. He being a good young mind to help Wiggins and uh, and Carl Anthony Tanza and then make Kevin Garnett the general manager for the uh, Boston for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, that would be an interesting move. I mean, I guess right now I would say with the Timberwolves, I think they just stick out the remainder of the season with their interim and then maybe remove that tag. If not, maybe go to someone like Sam Cassell. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting what their situation is, and then talk about. It was not – I thought it was an embarrassing loss last week for the Lakers when they played the Knicks because you know how bad the Knicks are. They're just going to be tanking and tanking. But when Porzingis comes back, then the Knicks are going to be ready to go and competing for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Knicks, I feel like everybody's been talking about 
this is your chance to really snap out of it. You're going to get Porzingis back healthy later in the season, if not fully healthy for next season. And then everybody wants him to go out and draft Zion Williamson. Everybody thinks Zion would be the perfect fit for New York, bring that team back to relevance. But right now, I guess it, the loss is more just one of those any given day type of deals. I know the Knicks are one and nine in their last 10, but I've watched the Celtics play the Knicks enough to know that even though they don't have star power, there's some days they can just get hot shooting and, it, and it's really with any team. Like some of the Celtics' losses have been them playing poorly, but others have been they just go up against teams they can't miss. And you saw that with the Heat last night. So I think that's the type of deal you run into with the Lakers losing to the Knicks. It's more just one of any given day type of things. Yeah. And before we get to our early outlines of the NBA awards, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think how badly the Lakers, how badly do you think the Lakers lose both LeBron and Rondo back? I mean, I think they certainly do. It can't hurt to have those guys. And, I think without them right now, their young core is talented enough in the West to be like an eight seed and maybe get swept out in the first round by the Nuggets or the Warriors. But with LeBron, with Rondo, I mean, I saw what Rondo was able to do on the Christmas Day game, and that's really all I've seen from him this season. And he looked phenomenal, and he always steps up in big moments. I know I've said that to you in the past. He didn't necessarily show up on an everyday basis with the Celtics, but he he did play his best when the lights were the brightest and we certainly know how good LeBron is and has been and will continue to be. So even though they've been keeping their head above water, it can't hurt to have those guys back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, talk about now our early outlines of the NBA awards. So I'll start off with Rookie of the Year. That one's a tough one for me because Luka Doncic and uh, Trey Young have been my favorite rookies throughout this season. But – I'm going to have to go with one, and I know I have a clear mind on who I believe will win NBA Rookie of the Year, and it's going to be Luka Doncic in the end. Yeah, for me, it's it's not even close. It's Luka Doncic and everybody else just about. The, the kid's just been so phenomenal this year. He's so young, and he's already exceeded all expectations. He even said he exceeded all his expectations. So I would certainly, certainly lean toward Doncic. Yeah, and Trey Young, I got to tell you, he is my favorite rookie out of that group this year and I know next year's rookie class in the upcoming NBA draft is going to be pretty good Zion Williamson whoever picks him up I think will be great wherever and DeAndre Aiden I think is definitely has a ton of upside and potential to be that next Phoenix Suns Amari Stoudemire type player yeah oh absolutely absolutely they it's certainly some high-end talent especially the you got the trio of kids from Duke uh with Zion and Barrett and Reddish and then you have some other high-end talent so Especially at that top of the draft, you know, some of those prospects have some teams salivating for uh, maybe tanking. Yeah, and I think with the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers, I think Zion would be a fant- phenomenal fit for the uh, for the Cavs. So we'll get to that in a minute. So now, um, now I pre- now from NBA Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with NBA Most Improved Player Award, and um, that one's an easy choice for me. And I would pick – I'm going to go with my most improved player award. I, I previously would say De'Aaron Fox. I'm going with uh, Kyle Kuzma as my pick to win the NBA's most improved player award because of the progress he made this year and from last year too. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as we mentioned before, any of those Lakers guys would be a phenomenal choice. I'm going to go with Jamal Murray from the Nuggets. I think he's made a huge step up in his now third season with the team, especially as a scorer. The scoring – was there in college and you were just waiting for it to fully transition to the NBA game. It finally has and getting to see him go up against the Celtics and he outdueled Kyrie Irving 
in that one game when he dropped almost 50 on the Celtics. So I think him forming part of this young nucleus for a team that is now arguably one of the best in the NBA in the Denver Nuggets could go a long way toward getting him some votes. Yeah, absolutely. Jamal Murray, I think, has turned out to be that next franchise player on the Nuggets with uh, Nikola Jokic. And now for my pick to win the coach of the year, I'm going with uh, Nick Nurse from the Toronto Raptors. And I think he's done a fantastic job in his first year, even though being a first-year NBA head coach is not easy. And I think Nick Nurse has done the best job that he has. And I think with the Raptors and where they are as a team right now, I think it's going to make sure that they keep Kawhi Leonard beyond this season. Absolutely. I think that's the big question for them, and it really has been since the day they acquired him. But I was going to go with Nick Nurse, too, from the Raptors. Yeah, and uh, I think the Raptors are going to be a good – I think the Raptors, I see them making it until the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I think you look right now, there's – probably everybody's going to say the Raptors and the Bucks right now. I think the Celtics do improve enough, and you have Philadelphia there. Celtics have Philadelphia's number. Philadelphia can't win on the road, so they're kind of a fourth for me. But I, I think right now I would have to say the Celtics and the Raptors play in the uh, East Finals. Yeah, and then the uh, second round, I think the Celtics and Sixers will make it until seven games, and I think it's going to be a do-or-die situation. And I think yeah. be Philly, Philly would be my pick if, it, if the playoffs were today and if I had to do my playoff NBA playoff bracket. Yeah, I would – I don't know. There's just something about Philly that I just can't believe in at the moment. I feel like you have the clear-cut top five of the Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, Sixers, and Celtics in whatever order. Uh, nobody really believes in the Pacers and Oladipo quite yet, so knock them out. Then you got that final four, those four. And if the Celtics do play the Sixers, the Sixers may be arguably the more talented team, but they just can't win on the road. And the Celtics have their number. You look at Celtics versus Sixers in recent memory, and the numbers in the Celtics' favor are just staggering. And then let's talk about my pick for Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. So I kind of thought about Draymond Green being my pick for NBA's Defensive Player of the Year, but I'm going to go with Giannis for my pick to be Defensive Rookie of the Year, my pick for uh, NBA Defensive Player of the Year, because I think Giannis has done a good job. Giannis is the nucleus and the centerpiece of the Milwaukee Bucks franchise, and I think he's a guy that has good length, good upside, good wingspan, and he's a guy that I think I, I think he's a guy that I think is going to be defensive player of the year in the NBA this year. Yeah, I think he certainly has potential to be. I'm going to go maybe on the more traditional route and pick a guy like Gobert or Anthony Davis or one of those two guys, but I, I am saving Giannis for our next award. Yeah, and then for me, I, my pick to win the NBA Most Valuable Player Award is James Harden. Mm-hmm. Again, because yeah. he's Start the Rockets are off to a slow start, and his leadership has helped them get back on track. With Chris yeah, Paul. Since, since December, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Especially me getting to see him in the game against the Celtics, he just torched us. And I think him and Giannis are the clear-cut top two. I'm going to give the edge to Giannis just for a little differentiation, and he's certainly taken this Bucks team from pretty much maybe like an eighth seed or something to one of the best teams in the NBA, just about single-handedly. He has great auxiliary talent around him, but he's just doing stuff that, I mean, I know James Harden is too, but that we've never seen before. And the crazy thing about Giannis is it just feels like when he's going to the rim, he's just about unstoppable. He can't shoot too well from outside, but that doesn't matter for him at the moment. 
Yeah, and then my final NBA thought is I think the Lakers today are going to pick up where they left off from Wednesday's game, and I think they're going to go out there and beat Utah. Yep, and for me, I think Celtics shake off the Miami game and get back on track. I, I think they are pretty close to finding themselves again, so expect them to go on another little run of wins. All right, so um, uh, we'll talk later then, and have a good day. Yep, definitely, you too.